The, <coughs> the theme for the afternoon talk is the small world of the body and mind. In here? Can hear now? So, so? So in this exploration of the theme of uh, body and uh, mind, the first and in rather important thing to say with regard to this is, you are not the body, the body is not you, the body does not belong to you. The body is not a means to identify who you are. And all the language of I am the body or this is my body has no truth in it. It's a fiction. It's a set of beliefs which have been running around human behaviour for far too long. It's it's a language of social agreement. But because each and every one of us so easily repeats, I am the body, this is me, this is who I am, and repeats it so frequently that the repetition gives support to the belief. It's an insult to your intelligence. So in the talk with you this afternoon, I would like to look at the mind-body world. The small mind-body world, it is a very, very small world, grossly exaggerated. And look at our relationship to it, from possibly a different kind of uh, perception and way of viewing We know we have the precious and remarkable capacity to pay attention to, as conscious human beings, to the need of the body. And this shows itself in a wide variety, actually not so wide, activities and responsibilities. Some of those duties in relationship to the body will include clothing for the appropriate weather. It will uh, include food and a uh, nutritious diet. And if I get time in the talk, I want to touch uh, upon that. Um, it includes as well the adjusting to the variety of uh, temperatures. It includes exercise, the movements uh, of the body, the relationship to the waking state and the sleep state, and the provision of shelter, roof above, 
floor below. And all of this reveals and shows to us a relationship to the body. There's a relationship to the energies, how bright and energetic we feel, how low the energy might be, our sexual uh, energies which are important as well. And all of this, we might say, is part of the vitality of the life of the body. None of it whatsoever confirms that it's your body. None of it confirms that this is a possession. None of it con confirms it's worthy of being identified with. And all of the... Is this like rattle? Yeah, is, is it can we can later be here and now? No? No. No, okay. <laughs> ah. Some tools. Let's see. Thank you. There's a wind, if you're not sure what's going on here, there's a rattle in the window and I can't see anybody trying to get in. <laughs> or get out for that matter. <laughs> oh. So here is the relationship to the body. Clearly the body has a variety of functions and activities, we call it life, we call it physical life uh, there. And one thing that we can know in this vitality uh, of this life called the, the physical event, called uh, the body, is that it is an object of interest. We might say, just for the time being, we are the subject and the body is an object of interest. We can look right now and say, ah, the body is an object of interest. Ah, right now, this body is sitting in the sitting form. It may be cross-legged, it may be kneeling, it may be sitting in the chair. This is the form and this can be observed. Right now, the observation uh, uh, of the body can reveal and indicate uh, how the body is feeling in terms of the temperature uh, in the room. Right now in the sitting posture you can observe the body and notice any sensations or pains or comfort or warmth in the body. The body is an object of interest. That which is an object of interest is not you. How could it be? You can look at the body, you can see the experience of the body, you can talk about the body, you can look in the mirror uh, at it, you can see it as an object of interest. That which is an object is not the subject and therefore the body is not you. It never was in the past, it is not in the present, nor is it in the future. If one understands that, there is a potential for a wise, clear and appropriate relationship to the body. It is not a rejection and it's certainly not a possession. And therefore there, are, there is a, an exploration, meditative exploration of a fundamentally different relationship to the body.
And what we see that in a, a, a different kind of relationship, it's born of a closeness and an intimacy. <coughs> the judgments about the body, I am too fat, short, tall, thin, what some of the other ones, old, maybe young, middle-aged, male, female, I'm not sure if I'm male, female, or whatever it might be. I'm grey, I'm white, I'm bald, I'm hairy, I'm this, I'm that, I'm, I'm that etc. And with all of those views that we have about the body, the self-image can be so strong that we easily put ourselves down because of the relationship we have with the body. We look at these horrendous magazines with all these so-called beautiful people who actually don't look like that, for a moment anyway. On, in the magazines, we see how the young people are living in so much self-rejection at the physical level that the degree of self-harm has gone up dramatically because they're feeling not good enough, they feel too fat, they feel too thin, they feel too ugly, they feel too this, because of all the envy and comparison. Why is that? It's not through connection with the body, it's through alienation. It is through a detachment. It's through a lack of understanding and intimacy. And how easy in the detachment from and the lack of connection with this reaction, blame and fault-finding towards so-called oneself, i.e. The, the body, really makes lives, people's lives miserable. And is it any wonder there is such struggle, such struggle around how we feel about this physical existence? And it doesn't take, you know, it, it, it's not rocket science, not that the rocket scientists know anything, it's, but it's not rocket <coughs> science. One only has to do from an evolutionary perspective, which is a valid and important one, a little reflection. Who of you, who of us, asked to be born? Were we out there somewhere in the metaphysics and say, well, I think I'll pop down into Israel or England or somewhere for a few years and uh, land with this family? Well, most of us, not this family. <laughs> anyway, that's another story. Who of, who, who of us asked to have this shape, to have this gender, to be born in this day, week, month and year? Who made a choice? The fiction of choices is another topic for another day. And so when we just have a reflection, why on earth would I, as an intelligent human being, want to identify that which I never asked to, to be born with in the first place? What's the sense in the evolutionary process 
of deciding this is me when I never made the decision in the first place. I just popped out of mummy's womb at some point or other in time and here I am with no choice about who or what I am born with. This is it. It's evolutionary process is the confirmation of how utterly impersonal it is. What on earth are humans doing getting alienated and detached from the body and then making it personal? Ajahn Buddhadasa, my old teacher, it's a memorable one-liner. He would start off his talks with Yes, it's very Buddhist. Dear brothers and sisters, in birth, ageing, pain and death. Whoa. Who can say, oh, I don't think I'll, I'll choose to have something else. I'll have a body which is eternal. And you get these foolish, naive people who say, oh, we'll be able to live for a hundred years or fifty. 150 years or 200 years still going to age and still going to die and in fact in Britain and in the United States and other unhealthy countries living longer has stopped because of diet it's now going backwards the average age has got less in the last 5 or 6 years we're not getting older and the collective level. So we have a responsibility as human beings. Can I look at this extraordinary, wonderful, incredible phenomena called the body in these meditations while being here and do the time-honoured practice, time-honoured, 2,600 years plus, time-honoured practice of seeing this is the body with love with respect with sensitivity with connection this is the body and not see it this is my body not making a possession out of it which is one form of problematic nor in the relationship to the body this isn't easy instead of I am sitting here it's a fiction I cannot sit the I has no capacity to sit I cannot sit here I, the I cannot sit the self cannot sit the only thing which can sit is this so instead of I am sitting here to be with this experience it's not easy the habit and the social conditioning is very very strong and to switch the view to the authentic view that, which is this body is sitting here no withdrawal no denial as the fact and be receptive this body is sitting here this body is aging this body is changing 
and to see it again and again. Another way, all good solid practices for liberation is to look at the body in your meditations you will receive some uh, instructions today and instead of the rapid reaction oh I am sitting here this is my leg my, my arm my knees my back instead of the I and my which corrupts the clarity perhaps to see perhaps means it's an invitation which is a polite way do it <laughs> it's kind of trying to be English here and in that to see it as the elements it comes out of the elements obviously and in the old language of the elements there would be the earth element there's the water element the blood flowing through uh, the, the sweat uh, and feelings are strong they beautifully wrote a poem out about this convert into the water element I mean, that's a miracle itself strong feelings coming up has the impact on the body and out of the body comes tears what feelings and water anyway and then there's the heat element the organic life and in the organic life we feel hot and cold and warm etc and there is the air element breathe in, breathe out breathe in, breathe out and a few other expressions of air element as well, it's called farting and other things, but it's all air element different parts of the body can we have a wise, clear relationship to the bodily life which sees it as an expression of organic life which is precious and beautiful which is a close connection of care and support it seemed to be the elements which it is earth, heat, fire earth, air, fire, water earth, air, heat and water and all the space that is required the space which you and I sit in right now Hopefully there is some space between our ears so that which is of no interest to you can easily pass through and pass out. There's enough space between our ears and our heart and our ears and our mind. There's space for some food in the stomach. All this, to really look at this physical life, this small world of body and mind, from a really fresh perspective in which we can say here is this body I didn't ask to be born it's come out of the evolutionary process I have no need to make it personal with all the fears and judgments that go with it I don't want to withdraw from it I respect its extraordinariness there is the real deep wish to take care of and I know this is not me this is not myself this is not who I am and to meditate on that while you are here to be mindful of that while you you are here to really look in this way while you are here if you do it will take an enormous amount of being judgmental out of your life towards the physical 
it will take an enormous anxiety and fear out of your life in terms of ageing, sickness and death. The clarity will be a precious support because one's understood something really well. And I say it's not easy, but it's authentic. Who is going to deny and say this body is not made of the composite of the elements? Who is going to say it's got nothing to do with organic life? Who is going to say, oh, I chose to have this shape in this family and be born like this? Nobody. This is this life we are moving through with the formations uh, that go with it. We don't want to withdraw from it. These teachings do not have, even in the ancient teachings of the Buddha, there, there is not the word detachment in 10,000 discourses of the Buddha. It's a teaching of connection, of seeing what is unfolding, and the physical matters to us. Of course it matters to us. Let's be really respectful to it. If that told me to breathe while I'm up here, but this, <laughs> in case I was speaking too quickly, so breathing and water element. commented once at uh, the famous wedding at Cana of uh, that lovely rabbi Jesus turned the, the water into wine, you know, they ran out of the wine so they performed a miracle and turned the, the water into wine it's quite a well known story frankly if it was the Buddha he would have turned the wine into water but you know, different tradition <laughs> alright anyway incidentally I like wine <laughs> so here we're looking at a fresh relationship to, to the body with, to repeat a bit with all the care and respect and affection that is uh, uh, required and one aspect of this uh, is the diet and it has a twofold um, aspect uh, uh, to this one I just want to relate an incident that occurred uh, uh, here touched me actually brought some tears to my eyes um, and in the relationship to diet it requires of us a complete reviewing of the diet and we know, we hear this regularly that the highest number per population anywhere in the world with regard to a plant-based diet is here in beloved Israel it's the country which has the most people committed to a vegan diet in percentage to the population it's a real uh, inspiration for many of us I have to say coming here and it's reflected in the excellent diet uh, 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 as we know it's a really ground principle and of course the UN United Nations and many scientific authorities are requesting and asking us to reduce to end our addiction to meat because of the consequences on our environment 
the pollution which emerges uh, 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 out of it, the impact of the destruction of rainforests, the cattle's factory farms, and much, much more, and also requesting, uh, I say reduction, I say uh, ending or virtually, of the dairy products. It is going to be quite a sacrifice for a number of people who make that shift. And I know in the, th in the therapy world, it's, well, it's not supposed to tell people what to do. You know, people have to make their own decisions. But thank goodness I am not a psychotherapist. I, I don't have all of these pressures. You know. I, I am not shy. I am telling people what they should do with their lives. <laughs> I do it regularly. I, I, I use the privilege up here. N not quite to the point of abuse, but I get close to it. <laughs> all right. So what I mean in, in, in the, we, we, I call this the throne. I'm sitting on the throne here. In case you haven't been to Brexit Britain, the, the throne has a dualistic meaning, so it's important to remember. One is the throne is what the Queen sits on, and the other is the toilet. So you can make your choice. So in the relationship to diet uh, uh, for the moment, we had an organic farmer. This is health. Food is the greatest guarantee, healthy food, of your health. More than anything else, it's what you eat. As my beloved mother, who I love, love to bits, brought up by a single uh, mum and great lady, she said to me in one, one of the most poetic one-liners I ever heard, uh, uh, even Rilke would have been envious of her poetic one-liner. She said, Chris, she called him Chris, she said, Chris, she had a little, little weight problem. You know, she liked her cream cakes. She cooked them and ate them. <laughs> and she said to me, Chris, she said, this is the poetic one-liner, I am digging my grave with a knife and fork. Ah. I mean, it's poetic awesomeness, isn't it? I am digging my grave with a knife and fork there. So, from the standpoint of health and the body, what this hand, the Torah, does, in the small journey, knife, fork or spoon, with, and what goes here, your peace of mind and my peace of mind and our happiness is what is going in here is of extraordinary significance not only to you and I the one who eats the food but also and equally it has a direct relationship because it comes from there it comes from the farms it comes from people it, it comes from all those people around the world who make it possible and what we eat not only is it to be mindful like in the tradition says of three points to this the amount that we eat is one what we eat is two and uh, third, thirdly the way that we eat and the way of eating is mindful chewing the food well as much as possible till it's almost liquid by the time we swallow it 
and to leave space inside the stomach for that food, that liquidy food, to digest so then it can become some energy and to be mindful how easy in a state of anxiety in feeling rather empty unhappy and and despair and confusion how easy it is to make the sacred pilgrimage to the the shrine of the west which is called the refrigerator far more popular than a synagogue and think this will give me comfort by eating more whoa, whoa, human beings when we're not recognising love from each other not finding love in our being we'll consume this world we'll eat it up because we're not experiencing enough love we can't recognise it even when it's coming to us so the poor sad compensation for it for us is to keep eating it's a tragic story of human activity in organic we had a yatra a pilgrimage in uh, Germany uh, this, uh, this year a guy uh, came and uh, other friends from Israel and had a friend of mine who's an organic farmer Werner a great man of Dharma practice totally dedicated to the farm and he told a small incident and sometimes in the small incident this mind-body world tells the bigger picture and he said initially when he started the farm up from his father, family farm and he said that it was very very difficult and in the growing of the crops uh, because it was organic more labour intensive it took a lot more uh, time and money and the cost was much more expensive and we spoke to him and then gradually as it got better the gap between crops which have uh, chemicals and pesticides and all of the gap organic farms to the point now that in the space of 10 or 15 years in Germany it went 3% I think it was of organic farms is now up to somewhere between 10 and 12% people are saying that from their experience that organic food is much healthier than eating food which is being partly produced by chemicals which are also being eaten which depletes, that reduces the the soil because of all the chemicals that are going into it and and then he told one incident he said in the ecology of things this is all all being said to encourage you to have an organic diet Uh, uh, so that's the view and he said that in the ecology the farmers in Germany and we saw this in our 10 days of walking have meadows and the meadows are to encourage the ecology of the birds the butterflies the insects the small creatures and the flowers and the wildflowers to grow together so you see these 
field, then you have the meadows there. And he said, with some of the farms where the chemicals are being used, the pesticide, he said, in the morning time, a little bit like humans, the bees come and the first thing we want to do at the beginning of the day is to drink. Like most of us, first thing we do in the day, we drink. And they drink, and when they go to the field with the chemicals and the pesticides with them, they take a dewdrop from the end of a leaf and sip on it, and in that dewdrop there is a chemical. And the gangsters who control the food industry say it's all completely safe. Human beings can eat all of our food and it's all produced and it's perfectly safe to eat. But they don't look at the ecology of the environment. And the bees die. But the bees don't die from the sipping of the dewdrop with the chemical inside of it, but it has enough influence that it influences them that they can't find their way back to the beehive and for that they die. Diet. Tragic. We, we had a short morning yatra here a year or two ago and uh, Shirley was uh, here and Guy and others and we walked through the kibbutz to the cemetery at the very corner of the kibbutz to the very beautiful view and the founding fathers and mothers of this kibbutz came here in the I think mid 1950s or not long after the nation state was established and established it and there were, and there were people from the Jewish community the survivors from Hungary there and in that graveyard there you know, of course it's a community so there are you know, children who have died and the elderly have died and some of your soldiers who have died young and old who have lived here and have died and have been buried here. And as we walked there, this is the point, as we walked uh, there, we we could hear the sound of a calf, a small baby cow, a calf, there, crying. And the calf, through the wire fence, had been separated from its mother. And the calf wanted naturally enough to be with its mother, the cow, and the cow wanted, and they couldn't reach each other. And the reason for the separation is because they want the milk from the cow, and the calf is deprived. Uh, and this incident is multiplied millions of times. There is a cost. And, and it's not only there for the health, but to see if we can have the courage, really, and the willingness, in the compassion for the creatures of the world, to see what steps you and I can take. We need to have the courage to talk about it, 
and not be afraid to talk about it with others, whoever they uh, are. And therefore, it's a, a care and a love, not only for our own health and well-being, but also for the creatures as well. It's, it, it, it equally, in my view, equally uh, are important. And the lovely precious thing here with the uh, kibbutz and the commitments of uh, Tovna, that people come, and it happens very regularly, engage in the practice, engage with the diet, and say, hey, this food is really, really good. It is. It is nutritious. It is healthy. It will contribute to peace of mind. It will contribute to a sense of well-being uh, uh, for you, along with everything else. And if you just leave here and say, from right now on, it's a plant-based diet. On. All this talking for the last ten minutes will have been worthwhile. Important steps. We, no, we, we want to, I've told you, we want to start a revolution and put these factory farms out of business. That's the intention. All right, enough for the moment. So, <laughs> there is the body, but there is the mind as well. And it's not so different. If the shift is, it's not a great shift, it's just a shift in the way of looking. And of course, every day, I, I, and you, we will say, you know, I never say to you, oh, I am sitting here. But this, if I may say, there's been enough practice over the years, started in my 20s, so I can't even remember how old I am. So, but it's, you know, 50 years of, it of, of the practice there. There's enough that each time I notice, not each time, really regularly, I say, oh, oh, it's nice to be here and I'm sitting here, the opportunity to talk to you. And when the eye comes up, it's, I am sitting here, the little voice which says, you're not really, but, you know, easy. it's a little easier than saying the body is sitting here and the, the voice is speaking. Oh, so I'm talking to you, I So we have the freedom of the language to say, I am sitting here. But in the deep, it's not that. Organic life is sitting here. Organic life is in this great process. Organic life is in this vast field of change. And we know that. We, we, it really is known well and clearly. But we just, for every day, so we use I, I, I time to time just to keep the peace for a moment in the mind mind means heart and mind world actually it's not so different and we'll talk with you about feelings and states of mind as the days go by it is equally beautiful and precious that the, what's going on so called with us we can talk about. We will ask you in the one-to-ones. You will share with your friends and your fa family, maybe even your parents. No, no, with others. <laughs> um, you'll share with them. This is what is going on in the mind. The mind, that means heart, feelings, thoughts, state of mind, mood, the mind. 
isn't real object of interest. What's going on here? We say, why am I feeling like this? If the question was a little bit more on the ball, a little bit more precise, why is the mind experiencing this? Why are these feelings going on in the heart? What are these thoughts which are taking place there? So instead of personally, of which our peace of mind is so dependent on when it's personal, it gets a little bit more impersonal, to use the Buddha's word, not self. That means not I. Looking at it a bit more impersonal. But there's this mind. Because the actuality is the so-called self and I doesn't say ooh I think today I'll be miserable that's my choice for today oh I think today oh it's a good day to have a good worry today etc oh, it's a good day to have lots of pains in my knee or whatever but life isn't like that it's not a creation of I the mind state, we can't create it. It doesn't matter what they tell you, you can't create it. We sometimes give a creation power to the mind. And we say, oh, I create my own suffering. The I doesn't have that capacity. Because if the I can create its own suffering, one only needs 1% of intelligence which says, well, if I create my own suffering, today I'm stopping it. No more. I'm bored with it. I'm going to have a life free from suffering from today. Because if you can create it, you can stop creating it. Do you know anybody who said, I just stopped creating it? It's not the I so in me care and respect for the condition of heart and mind with the many skilled people around in our life and we have a whole army of people who are doing, some of you included, doing wonderful work to, in the mind-body world, doing wonderful, precious things for people, it's really important there. Can we as with the body be close and intimate and say this is what's going on with the mind it's a calm mind today, it's a clear mind it's an agitator, and this is what's going on and when it's your experience, the experiences of the mind heart mind is fine and well don't do anything about it love it, be grateful Nothing is going on. No drama, no trauma, no dharma. Wonderful. <laughs> and to rest in the peacefulness, to get to know it well. Uh, the mind is not a problem. The mind is not agitating me. It's not getting on my nerves. And those moments, and they do appear, and they appear regularly there, Forget the meditation method and technique. Forget what the teachers tell you. Just be with the bare experience 
this is a state of mind and right now it feels okay and rest with it just be with it be steady with it because in the steadiness of that you will be able to find it much more easily because you're getting to know it day by day in, of, wow, this is a calm, clear mind no need to breathe in and out no need to do all these methods and techniques just, wow, sitting, walking, standing eating, wow just rest with it feel it, know it intimately through the body through the heart, through the mind and the regularity of knowing this well and remembering this when we lose it a lot of pressure old reaction stuff from the past when somebody is really giving us a hard time and it's agitating us of course we want to work with that but if we know regularly what the calm clear mind is and we experience it we can find we heart mind can find its way back to that much more easily because we've experienced it regularly enough and therefore it's much easier to return to the quiet moments of your day are beautiful they are moments of liberation from the agitated stuff and we're not denying the agitated stuff my goodness me we're providing methods and techniques and forms and contact with us and, and breathing and exploring the pains in the, the body and looking at restlessness we're engaging in that we're not denying it while at the same time saying the moment as they say in India shanti 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 the moment of peacefulness those moments are precious to human life so we look at the body when we give care to the body the word for care is called love that's what love is when we give care to heart and mind and want to understand it and want to explore it and be clear and find the wisdom when we give that interest this is love and love with the clarity and the wisdom is remarkably healing thank you for lending an ear let's have a quiet minute shall we have a wise and clear relationship with the body.
may all beings know a wise and clear relationship with the heart and mind may all beings live with love and liberation Thank you.